Yes, Lord, thank You. We, we put our trust in You, our confidence in You, because you, you have demonstrated that You are good, You are powerful, uh, You love us, uh, even before we loved You or even thought of You or were running far from You. Or, um, Lord, You loved us first. So we're learning to put our trust in You, Lord. We know that's where it belongs, God. Help us do that more and more as we meet together, as we listen to your word. Help us trust your word. Help us trust where you lead. Help us trust um, what you're doing, God, what you're calling us into. We love you. Uh, we thank you for this time. Amen. All right. All right. When do you pray and what do you say? When do you pray and what do you say? The other question, uh, not important at all, but kind of amusing maybe, uh, is what do you do with your hands when you pray? What are, are, you, uh, are you a wood chopper? Watch out, watch out. You know, are you a heads up wood chopper, heads down wood chopper? There's the double hammer. Got that. Uh, we got the hands wide open. Right? We got that, that pray technique. Uh, we got the Jeff G. Jeff G, where is he? Oh, he's not here. Yeah, he's with the kids. Jeff G, we bless you, brother. Um, and then there's like a, a whole other advanced level. And, you know, don't start here. It's, it's, but maybe work your way up to these things. Um, I saw these online. Oh, it's the, the star catcher. Some say the star releaser star catcher and then I don't know what to call this one what is this Sun what what is it Sun holder Sun holder Sun kisser Sun blower I don't know all right just to you know what mix it up a little you know there's no right way to do this okay um, your hands what do I do with my hands you decide all right many ways to pray and many things to say, many places to do it. The key is that we do it. And that's the message today. Pray. Talk to God. Jesus, through his actions and his words that we've been looking through in Luke, he calls us to pray. He sets the example himself. He is the sinless human, divine and human, who shows us how to relate to God, the Father, how to be, how to walk this out. So we're going to look at him, learn some things from him about, number one, why pray? You know, what's, what's the motive? Why do this? And then how to pray. We'll, we'll get into a little bit. It's not going to be exhaustive. You know, there, there are many books written on this, but we're going to hit some things as we look at Luke. So let's start now in Luke chapter 5. It's in your bulletin, but I'm going to back up a little bit to Luke 5.12 for some context. And let's... Put yourself in the scene. Put yourself back with Jesus when he's doing his earthly ministry, interacting with people, uh, announcing the kingdom of God. Here we go. Luke 5, 12, up here also. While Jesus is in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand, touched the man. I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. This is the kind of stuff that God 
does. He heals, he restores, he brings people in from uh, separated from community to back into community. Uh, and so Jesus heals him, and then he ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing. So stay submitted to that old covenant law uh, as a testimony to them. And this part's in your bulletin. Here's the highlight, verse 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more. Heck yeah, right? You know, God's healing. The kingdom of God is breaking in. Let's go see. Let's go at least listen. Or if we're in need, we need healing. We need help. Let's go to Jesus. So the news spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. All right, crowds are coming. Um, but, interesting, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. All right? He, he's a busy guy. And the stuff that he's doing is of utmost importance. And yet, what does he do? He pulls out. He steps aside. He gets out of the, the busyness, the crunch to be with his Father, to fellowship with God, to come into God's presence, to focus in on that, to enjoy that relationship that he is in, that he's been in for all eternity. He goes to enjoy the Father. This is the, the Father who has loved the Son before the creation of the world, this, the Father who announced at his anointing, his baptism, to Jesus, you are my son, whom I, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Another way to translate that is, with you, I take delight. The father loves the son. The son loves the father and steps aside to be uh, in a more um, focused time with the father. God the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, God, who is one God, in his essence, is an eternal, loving fellowship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is God. And out of the overflow of that love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that goes back all through eternity, God created us. God created this world. He created it beautiful. He created it good. And he created you and me in his image and likeness able to relate to him and able to come into and enjoy that fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the nature of love, right? You want it uh, to expand. You want it to multiply. You want to include others. That will make your joy complete. When the love is strong, you want to grow. And God does this. It comes from the essence of the source of all life. God creates us to come and enjoy that fellowship. And he created us with free will, because there's no true love without freedom to accept or reject that. And us, in our foolishness, we turned away from that. Right? We were like, oh, thanks, God. We're going to try this our own way. We're going to sort this out and do what's right in our own eyes, even when that's contrary to what is good in your eyes. And this created a separation, right? That's the fall. That's why things are so hard these days. And... God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because he's loved through all eternity, out of the overflow of that love, God sends the Son. God the Father sends the Son to rescue you and me. 
That's the love we're talking about here. Powerful stuff. He pursues us. He makes a way for you and me to be forgiven of our sins, pardoned so that we can come to our senses, turn back to him, and come into this eternal fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and enjoy it now more and more and enjoy it in its fullness in the age to come. That's what God's doing. So prayer is a time, an opportunity for you and me to come and enjoy that fellowship. Stu, things to interact with, emails, etc. Prayer is that time, an opportunity, invitation, a call to stop for a minute. Engage with God. That's our first fill. And why pray? When we pray, something happens. Why pray? Because um, this happens. We come into God's presence and enjoy loving fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's prayer. Engaging God. Stepping aside, maybe we don't have to go out to the desert. We don't have to go do it wherever you are, right? It helps me to close my eyes because it kind of cuts out the stimuli. Let me focus in. Lord, God, it takes me a while sometimes, right? Push the, the, the things that get in my way. We pray to come into God's presence and enjoy loving fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, what gets in the way of that for you? Day to day. What got in the way of you doing this more this week? What got in the way? What's that? Work. 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 Yes. Busyness, work, whatever that work looks like in your life, right? The tasks, the, uh, the deadlines, right? Work. All kinds of different work. Okay, that gets in the way. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And this is where we're ridiculous, right? Because Jesus, God most high in the flesh, was not too busy to step aside from what he was doing, eternal impact, major things, to be with the Father, to come into his presence and enjoy the fellowship that we get to go to in any time as well. All right, so this was like, okay, Wayne, you're never too busy to pray. All right, noted, Lord. Another reason, and maybe this is just me, but sometimes I forget that this is a joyful thing. Sometimes it turns into a little bit of a work, like a should do. Ah, I'm not praying enough. Darn it, I got it. No. Jesus didn't do that because he's like, oh, I got you know, to please the Father. He's, he's, well, I haven't done it in a while. He's like, he wants to be with the Father. And I know that's true of all of us who have experienced and tasted some of God, is we want more of him. And we forget that it's to give his life. We forget that it's to be joyful fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All right. This is why we pray. Come into his presence and enjoy that fellowship that is ours because God loves us. All right. Next thing. What else? Why else do we pray? Luke 9. We're going there now. And this is, I love this. Okay, just take yourself there. Listen to what's happening there. About eight days after Jesus said this, he was talking. He took Peter, John, and James with him, some of the disciples, and went up onto a mountain to pray. There we go again, to pray. All right, so he is going to the mountain this time. This is going to be interesting. As he was praying, as he was praying, this happened. The appearance of his face changed. 
and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. That's weird because Moses and Elijah have been dead for several hundred years. Wow, what's going on here? They spoke about Jesus' departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem, going to the cross, eventually to the Father. Verse 32, Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Man, I guess it was a long way up the mountain, I don't know. But sometimes following Jesus is tough. But when they became fully awake, whoa, what's going on here? They saw his glory, Jesus' glory, and the two men standing with them. On this occasion, Jesus, when he prayed, he decided to reveal and shine his divine glory. Oh, to be there. Oh, to, it made a super huge impact. Peter, uh, in his letters, he, he mentions this. This mountaintop became a point of contact between heaven, the God realm, and earth. There's like a, a meeting point. Moses, when he died 1,400 years before this event, he was immediately present with God. Same with Elijah, who died 800 years before this. Immediately present with God. And they're there. It's wild. It's weird. It's fantastic. Wow. All right. So what do we take away from this? This is what struck me. When we pray, when you pray, we remember this reality that we belong to heaven. If you are in Christ, if you are in him and he is in you, you belong to heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. We're a citizen of different countries down here. We, we go through our day, the trials, the tribulations. We are citizens of heaven. We belong to God. We're part of that realm even now. And Jesus gave these guys the opportunity, preserved for us to give us the opportunity to see that when we pray, we remember, recall, we hopefully see or sense that we belong to heaven. Here's a, we get a few other pictures of it. I, I put some in your bulletin. You can look up later, but one of them is, is pretty sweet. I love this picture. Hebrews 12, 22. This is God's word speaking to you and me who are in Christ. Right? He says this, you have come, have come. That's, that's done. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. It's a picture of heaven. The heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful, joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. That's you and me. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits, like Elijah and Moses, of the righteous made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of this new covenant that we're in. You belong to heaven. We belong to him right now. As we're going through the challenges of the day, as we're reading the news feed, and, and ah, the world's going, ah, you are a citizen of heaven. We are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. We are part of the God realm, the kingdom of heaven. And we will come into it in its fullness. We will see it in its fullness like Moses and Elijah do right now, like James and Peter and John do right now. We're going there, but we are already connected. All right, this is what happens when we pray. This is why we pray. 
We need to pray, right? Because it's hard down here. This is not our home. It, we're laboring under the curse and sin and, and just, yeah, we are still, as we go through it, connected to heaven. All right, we remember this when we pray. Why pray? These are good reasons, right, so far? There's a bunch, there's a bunch, but we'll do a couple more. All right, more reasons. Let's go Luke 6, Luke 6, verse 12. One of those days, another day, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. All right, so he does like mountains. Maybe it's to get away. Um, There have been other encounters throughout Scripture where, where God meets with people on the mountain. But anyway, he goes out to the mountainside to pray. He spent the night praying to God. He loves fellowship with his Father. I've, I've not spent the night praying with God. I've spent, you know, sections of night praying God. Okay, so he's, he's praying with God. When morning came, he does something. It's interesting the way these are uh, put together. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, who he, whom he designated. He also designated apostles. Makes his big choice. Picks his team. Right? Now, we don't know the content of that prayer uh, with Jesus, the Father, on the mountainside. But I think there's an intentional sandwiching of these two things to help us see that when we pray, when you pray, we can also receive guidance to make good decisions. We can receive guidance to make good good decisions. Anybody make any kind of eh, so-so decisions this week? Right? Yeah. All right. Good. I'm not alone. All right. We, we can make better decisions by coming to God first, walking with him. It's a repeated image we get in Scripture to walk with Jesus, to walk in the Spirit of Christ, to be led by the Spirit. As we go through our day, not just, hey, you know, had three days on my own, now I need to go get God. No, as we go. We get to do these stuff. We get to pray, to receive guidance, to make good decisions. Small decisions, big decisions. He's ready to help us. And here's the deal. That's what I've learned over time. It doesn't work to say, God, please bless the decisions I've just made. Right? I got this all worked out. God, please just bless my plan. We we could do that sometimes. We could fall into that, right? No, we say... Here's where Jesus is. He's saying, bring yourself to this place where we say, Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do. I got this idea. I got this thing. Um, but I'm, I've got some faulty thinking. I've got my own stuff, Lord. I really want, my greatest desire is to do your will, to do what pleases you, to follow you. I've seen my life when I follow myself or or that, or this, or whatever. I want to follow you. I've seen that it's good for me. I see that it's good for others. Let's get into that place. It's a, it's a place of surrender. It's a place of process, Lord, filtering through the feelings, the doubts, the questions, the fears, the frustrations. Lord Jesus, what are you saying? I want to follow you. I want to do whatever you ask me. And then help me do that. Because it might not be my first pick. It might not be, it might be hard. I want to follow you. So when you're stuck, when you're trying to decide next time, stop. Pray. God's right. Man, God of the universe is ready to fellowship with you, 
to allow you into his presence, no matter where you've been, what you've been thinking about, to come in and to receive guidance. All right? and, and when we do, he shows us. He shows us. Sometimes it's, it's a picture, sometimes it's an image, sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's right then, sometimes it's three days from then. He is faithful to give you the guidance you seek, the wisdom that you and I need, because we don't have it often. All right, that's another reason to pray, because when you pray, we get guidance that we need to make good decisions, to build life on the rock, to do it well. Okay, good so far? All right, I think I have one more why, and then we're going to go into how. All right, one more why here. Luke 9, another scene. I mean, I, and I, I think I just stopped at like Luke 11, so there's, there's more, but okay. Luke 9, once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, praying again, look at this guy, um, but his disciples were with him this time, all right, so they're pulled away from the crowd. He asked them a question in this setting, who do the crowds say I am? They replied, well, you know, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, uh, still others, that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. Uh, but what about you? Jesus asked them. Who do you say I am? The question. The mega question. The critical question. Who do you say I am? Peter answered. It, it might have been just quick. God's Messiah. Promise one. Son of God. All that comes around with that. You're him. You're it. You're here. And then Matthew adds a detail. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. God the Father has revealed this to you. You might not have gotten there on your own. Probably not capable. All right, too much garbage there. God has revealed it to you. God has shown you this. So when we pray, the takeaway, and, and it's not just here, it's also pray to receive revelation. When you pray, God will give you revelation. We receive revelation that we need. All right? Because we've got, we're finite. We've got our own little an analyzers with all of its, you know, bad code. And we need revelation from God. I do, we do, and um, okay, so that's cool, and then someone might be like, wait, whoo, hold on a sec, how do we test that? How do we know that's kind of God? Like, good question. There are ways. Here's a few. Here's a few. Big, top-level, easy ones, all right? Question, is it sin? God's not going to lead you into sin. He's not going to reveal a path to you that, that's sinful, and what's sinful what goes contrary to what God has clearly revealed. So it'll be consistent with God's word. That's a good test, right? especially when you're a new believer. I mean, for me, I had some crazier thoughts, still have crazy thoughts, crazier thoughts when I was just starting this out, right? Because I, I was getting to learn and discern the voice of God, and I didn't know the word of God too well then. So it, it's a process, but man, and if you're not sure, check it. Check it with a believer that you trust. I see some fruit in their, their life. They're mature. You know, hey, does this sound like... Especially if you know it sounds a little crazy. All right. So, is it contrary to God's word? Uh, is it shaped by love for Jesus and trust in God, right? Because that's what it means to be a disciple. I am a person who is learning to trust God more and more. We sang about it. 
We, we know it's good to trust God, to put our faith and confidence in him and what he says. Is it shaped by that love for Jesus and trust in God? Is it shaped by that? Is it in that area? Um, because if not, it's probably down this last area. Are you deciding in the flesh or in the spirit? The flesh is our, our sinful propensities, our fall, fallen, failed, flawed propensities to you know, react, do things out of fear, out of over-exuberance over the flesh, our own selves, our own strength, our own limitations. So we've got to be cautious, we've got to be aware. You know, we, we've led ourselves astray in the past. All right, so is it, am I deciding in the flesh? Or is, this, is this a God thing? Is this a God thing? Those are just some quick tests. All right, check those three. There's, there's, that's not exhaustive, but that's, that's a good start. When we pray, we receive revelation. All right, we good so far? First half, why pray? Why pray? Why spend that time? Right? We're busy people. Why pray? We pray to come into God's presence, the presence of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God who loves you, to come in to enjoy loving fellowship with God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We come in to remember we belong to heaven. We're passing through. We're aliens and strangers. This is not our home. Thank you, Jesus. We're going somewhere. We're already part of it. We're citizens of heaven. We receive, why else? We receive guidance to make good decisions. That's a good reason. And we receive revelation. All right, those are some reasons to pray. Any other reasons? Just throw out a couple because, again, why do you pray? What are some other reasons? Maybe big ones? Yeah. Thank you, yes. Thank you, God. Wow. That's where our praise and thanks belong. Any little good thing, sometimes the hard things that lead to good things, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because uh, otherwise we start to think, oh, look at me, I'm pretty awesome. You know, or that person, we start to fixate on something else. Yeah, good, to praise and thank him. What are some other reasons we pray? Why pray? Yeah, cast all your anxieties on me. That's a, that's a call to prayer, right? When you're anxious, come and pray. Yes. Yeah, it's a great trigger that hopefully we learn, like, oh, I, I'm feeling something. I need to go to God quickly. Because if I act out of fear, anxiety, eesh, I'm not my best. Other reasons? Repentance, yeah. God, I blew it. I blew it. I'm sorry. Yikes. Um restore me, help me not do that again. Yes, and he's eager, ready, willing to do that. He, he enjoys when we come to him. Heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. Slightly new way or a new way to try it out this week. All right, the first disciples of Jesus asked him that very question early on. This is Luke 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. This guy's praying a lot. The Son of God, praying. All right, I need this. All right, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John, John the baptizer, taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
and lead us not to temptation. All right, so this we in Luke we get the we get the short version. So Jesus is preaching, teaching around different places. Sometimes he gives a long version, sometimes a short version. So this is a nice thing just to have in your pocket. Let's go through it together. All right, first word. Let's say it together. Father. Father. All right, what's God doing there? What's Jesus saying there? That one word. Above? Yeah. In this God, he's, so he's above, right? He's before. And he, he's greater. And this is God we're talking about. He wants you and me to know him as Father. As Father. And this sometimes is hard if our earthly father was not so great. Um, that can be a challenge to learn this, but this is the invitation. This is the opportunity to know God Most High as Father. Every human father, we're failed. We're, we're, we didn't fail. We have uh, faults. Thank you. Yes. All right. That was a little too dark. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, have, we have faltered. Yes. Uh, it's good things and bad things. But God the Father is perfect. He's the Father of all. All right. So God, Father, um, because you and I are genuinely his children, born again. If you're in Christ, you've repented, you've turned to him, you have been born again, born of God, John 1, 12 through 13 tells us, born of God. We're his. We're his kids. We were dead and separated by our sins, far from God, but God, our loving father, pursued us and calls us as his children, son, daughter. You're his. We're his. We've been adopted in. We've been brought in. We're reminded when we, just with that one word, Father, who our identity is. I'm a son of God somehow. Wow. How? Oh, yeah. Because of his great love when he's done for me. I'm a daughter of God. Wow. What dignity. We're part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's people. Sons and daughters, part of his household. All right, that's who we are. So straight up, remember that. That's big. It's huge. It can transform our thinking in so many levels. Father, next one. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed. The root word there is holy. May your name be treated and reverenced and honored as holy because it is. You are set apart. You are the other. You are the creator. You are good. You are the source of life. You're the one. Hallowed be your name. It makes me hallow his name. It makes me ask the question, have I been hallowing his name? Have I been treating him as holy? Am I rightly related to my loving father who is holy and good and perfect and true and is calling me into that? It also expresses a desire. I want others to know that the father, God the creator, is holy. To hallow him also. Yeah. To know his goodness. Father, hallowed be your name. Next one. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom. Your rule and reign. Matthew gives us a longer version. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God's kingdom is present on earth wherever we do his will. Wherever you and I are submitted to his will. That's where his rule and reign is being exercised. And 
is realized when we obey. So it's, for me, it's like, a, oh, your kingdom come. Yeah, I want your kingdom come because things are a mess here and things are a mess in my life. I want your kingdom to come. Okay, am I, where am I? Am I submitted to you as king? It's kind of a little challenge point, but it's also a desire point. God, I want your kingdom to come. You read the bad headline. Oh, Jesus, your kingdom come. Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth more and more. Please, we need that here. That's the fix we need. That's the fix he's working. All right, your kingdom come. What's next? Give us each day our daily bread. Provision. God, I need, I need help. You know, and this can be just, you know, food. I mean, the first century Israel, food was hard to come by. Many parts of the world, food is hard to come by. All right, give us our daily bread. Usually when I hit this, I, I'm, I move into thankfulness. God, wow, you have blessed me. You have blessed us. Thank you, God. Bring, is there anyone you, I can help? You know, it, it puts me into this world of provision. Give us today our daily bread. What you, what you need. He doesn't guarantee you the big house or whatever, you know, what you need for today. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Don't worry. Don't get consumed about, ah, what do I have to do uh, to get daily bread? Turn to God. God, show me. Help me. Provide. Give me my daily bread. Give us our daily bread. Next line. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against you. Let's look at the first point. Forgives our sins. Chris pointed this out. Forgives our sins, right? You go to God's presence, you're like, ooh. Oftentimes, he'll just kind of highlight that thing that, you know, you did on Thursday. He's, you kind of want to just push so away, give me my bread. No. Let's talk about your sin. And it's, it's simple. He's already forgiven you. He's already paid the punishment for that sin. Don't punish yourself. All we do when we sin is we're like, acknowledge it. Father, I've sinned. And forgive me. It was wrong. It's not good. It works against you and your kingdom. It doesn't treat your name or the family name as holy. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us our sins. And part of that is like, okay, I forgive you. Are you going to change? Are you going to take care of that problem? So it's also a call to repentance in there. Okay, fair God. Yeah. I don't want to, but help me. You know, we wrestle with God about our sin in that line. All right, and then, okay, hey, we've done that. And then he adds this, as we (laughs) forgive those who sin against us. It's like, yeah, I want you to be like me. I want you to forgive as you have been forgiven by me. And this, because God wants us to love each other like he loves us. And that includes forgiving. How do we forgive? How do we release one another for those things, those slights, those straight up wrong things uh, that people have done against us? How do we do that? Here's a way. Here's a, here's a prayer. This one is kind of my go-to. Helps me. It's pretty simple. Um, I forgive you I'll make Todd, just make-believe. Any Todds in here? I forgive you, man, wherever you are. <laughs> I forgive you, Todd, um, for ignoring me, let's just say. 
So you name the specific thing. The wrong, the, 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 the thing that they did that has created this tension, this break in relationship with you. Todd, I forgive you for ignoring me, which made me feel uh, totally unvalued. Get into the emotion of it, because there's hurt there, often. And then to release is to forgive. I release you. Sometimes I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I release you. I release you from that. And I will not hold it against you. I'm not going to go uh, demand a pound of flesh from you for that. I'm entrusting judgment. Any, pen any penalty that might be due, I put that in your hands, Lord. I trust you with that. I'm not going to wield the stick myself. I'm not going to stay withdrawn. I'm going to engage and love you. Turn the cheek. This is, that's, this is big stuff, which means we're going to need prayer to help us do this stuff. It's a very simple way to do it. All right. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Next thing, lead us not into temptation. This word is, it's, it's the same word, prosmos, for uh, testing or tempting. And so uh, I think this is a great little line explaining what's going on here. The, the meaning is likely this. Allow us, Father, to be spared from difficulties that would tempt us to sin. Right? Because that's what happens. The pressure's on, the crunch is on, something happens, and it triggers some sinful reactions. In our minds, sometimes our words, um, sometimes how we act. So lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into these situations where this is going to happen. And, and it's a weird prayer because we also see in Scripture that God does lead us into testing. The Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. Um, Satan asked to sift Peter like wheat. And Jesus is like, I'm praying for you. So maybe it's, it's an awareness when I pray this line that I am susceptible to temptation. I might be in a period of testing. So Lord, help me to respond well. Help me to walk this out well. Help me to cut off that temptation. If it's a temptation to sin, chop. Help me be wise about that. And if I'm in a period of testing, ooh, this is hard. Like, help me do this well. Lead us not into temptation. Let's say it together, all right, from the top. Because it's a plural, right? Isn't that interesting? It's not all about me. I, I, you know, it's easy. It applies to us together. So let's pray this together. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation. Amen. <laughs> yes, I know. It's hard, right? This is, this is the concise one. Uh, let's do it one more time. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who... Then he goes on from there. This one's a little long, so listen to what he says right after that. All right, verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. <coughs> You're knocking on the door. 
A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Dude, it's midnight. What is this guy doing? And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Go away. I tell you, Jesus says, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, right? You've just destroyed that. Yet because of your shameless audacity, and that's actually a good interpretation of the word, shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. The word can also be translated insolence, impudence, right? He will get up. So I say to you, this is an example for us. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give, and then he turns it, the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Here's the fill-in. Our Father, we just prayed to, we should pray to more and more. Our Father is ready and willing to give you good gifts. Ready and willing to give you good gifts. Clean more of the Holy Spirit, fullness of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those things. So, shamelessly, ask him. Ask, seek, knock. Shamelessly. Some of us are like, oh, I don't want to bother. Shamelessly, obnoxiously, impudently. Who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. I need some help. Knock, ask, seek, knock. Isn't this great? Jesus is telling us to pray like this. I got room to grow there. So let's do that together. Let's stand and let's shamelessly, out loud even, all right, ask, seek, knock. Ben's going to come out. We're going to go into a song after this as well. But let's just ask, seek, knock together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Feel free. Pray out loud, shamelessly. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Father God. What do you need? What do you desire? What, what do you want for yourself, for others? Come. We come to you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you. Father, we ask for more of your spirit, more of your holy, good, life-giving presence. Bless us, Father. We ask, we seek, we knock for this. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Stride by stride with you. Yes, Father. Lord, we thank you that you are the Father and you provide good guidance, Lord, and discernment. And we just ask that we seek you yes, Father. for that wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father.
peace, God. Yes, Father. Bless us with peace. More peace, Lord. Lord, we believe. Help our enemies. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. More faith, more trust, Lord God. Help us to trust you. You are trustworthy. You are good. Help us to trust you more, Father. Touch them, Lord. Bless them now as we pray, Father. Bless them, Lord, with your presence. Overwhelm them. Break through, Lord God. Lord, we ask that you would lift off depression, lift off heaviness, Lord. We ask that you would just touch us with your joy, release joy in our hearts, Lord God. More of your spirit, more of your power, more of your presence, Lord God. Praise you, Father. Help us love and bless each other. Um, be slow to anger. Um, quick to listen. Help me, Lord. Help us forgive each other, love each other like you love us, Lord. More and more. Help us grow in that, Lord. Thank you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, for this invitation to come to you all the time, anytime, with strong confidence shameless audacity, Lord. Thank you for this invitation. Help us to step into it more and more this week, Lord. We love you. Continue this good work in us, Lord. Amen.